Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we reveal the winners of our Nintendo Power fan favorite games of 2020. My name is Chris Slate, and joining me for this special episode are Kit Ellis and Christy Yang from Nintendo Minute. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having us, Chris. We're Hi, excited Chris. again. It's that time of year. It is. It's an annual tradition. I always look forward to talking about the, some of the year's best games with you guys. And um, for those who may not have uh, listened to one of these year-end episodes before, we won't be including the usual segments this time. Uh, instead, we set up an online ballot and we asked uh, Nintendo fans to vote on some of their favorite Nintendo Switch games from this year. And we're going to spend the whole episode discussing the winners. And I should make it clear here uh, right from the start that we're just doing this for fun. There aren't any actual awards to hand out, and the nominees mostly come from games that those of us on the Nintendo Power Podcast team have personally enjoyed throughout the year. And obviously, we haven't played everything. Uh, but this is just a fun way for us to remember and, and to recommend some really amazing games. And you guys gave us a great response out there, so a big thanks to everybody who voted. Um, now, I'm the only one who knows which games won every category because you both wanted to be totally surprised. So are you ready to be surprised? Yes, always. So ready. Awesome. All right, well, let's get started. We have 13 categories, and our first is Merry Multiplayer. Obviously, these are great multiplayer games. And the nominees were Animal Crossing New Horizons, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics, Minecraft Dungeons, and Pikmin 3 Deluxe. And the winner is... Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yay! Yeah, not a big surprise there. Obviously, Animal Crossing New Horizons was such a big game this year. And um, and I think one of the best known features was the ability for everyone to visit each other's islands. I certainly took advantage of that a lot myself. You know, you saw people really, you know, using this to get together this year when you couldn't have, you know, actual physical gatherings. So you saw people having graduations or birthday parties or other sorts of celebrations. So it, it does make sense that it would stand out this way. Yeah, I was going to say this is actually my choice for Mary Multiplier as well, because I have to credit Animal Crossing New Horizons for saving Nintendo Minute this year. <gasps> um, when we started to work from home, um, we were getting a little worried, like, when are we going to be able to to make another video? And we decided to do some episodes just uh, in Animal Crossing um, New Horizons, and we were able to do that with the multiplayer mode. And it was actually really fun, and we've been doing it all year. Um, so yeah, I had to had to definitely give um, some some great credit to Animal Crossing New Horizons for allowing us to do that this year. Now, would this have been your picks as well, or is there another game you guys want to maybe uh, uh, give a special shout out to in this category? I wanted to give some credit to uh, Clubhouse Games. I think that was. Um really kind of a, just a great collection of different games that were really easy to get into and, you know, some of which were entirely new to me. So I thought it was just really cool to try those out. And it was just such an easy multiplayer experience to get into. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that might have been my pick, although it's easier to say that since Animal Crossing New Horizons already got love from the fans. But I've had a lot of fun with my with my kids playing Clubhouse games 51 Worldwide Classics, uh, especially Blackjack. <laughs> um, just all the, the the crazy sessions we've had with that have been have been really amazing. 
Yeah, I definitely learned a lot of new games playing Clubhouse games that I never thought existed. So that was pretty cool. It was like an, an interesting history of games around the world. We finally um, learned how to play Hanafuda, which was amazing. We did. I know. We've been wanting to learn for so long. We finally learned how to play. It's actually really fun. So definitely, I think people can, should try out all of the, the different games from around the world that may be, you know, kind of foreign, but they all turned out to be great. Yeah. All right. Now, moving on to the second category, fresh ideas. And the nominees were Cardo, Hades, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, and Super Mario Brothers 35. And the winner is... Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Mm, I'm not surprised, I gotta say. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I would have gone with too. There was definitely you know, a bit of that Nintendo magic the first time you get that all set up and then you finally see Mario driving around on your Nintendo Switch and really like an almost out-of-body experience when you see him drive by you. That was really <laughs> like a wild moment. Yeah, that's my pick as well. It's it's such a crazy, like I think it's called mixed reality, but it scrambled my brains because it was like, you saw yourself in the camera and then you saw what was happening on screen with all the different like additions that was that was added to your real life course that you made. And then you saw it seeing you. So it was it was really weird, but so cool. Um, and I think people have gotten very imaginative with their courses as well, which I love to see. I do want to give some props to Hades um, just for, you know, shaking up the um, roguelike genre. And I think that can be kind of a challenging genre for people to understand or get into at times because you've got roguelikes and you kind of need to know what that name means and sort of all the history that goes into that. And then you've got the roguelite, which is also kind of a subset of that. But I think that this game really made that whole category super accessible and um, just super easy to get into. And, and had a lot of narrative hooks for why you were going through these scenarios again and again. Yeah, I think in a way, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit had an almost unfair advantage with the whole hardware angle as well. I think when you look at, at actual just creative, innovative ideas in games, uh, every one of these, these games that were nominated brought something really fresh and cool to the table for sure. All right, so for the next category, Intense Action, the nominees were Hades, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, Streets of Rage 4, and Super Mario Brothers 35. And the winner is... Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Wow, so far I'm three for three with the fan vote, which is very fun. That was my pick as well for intense action. And, you know, those games are really, really known for that type of, you know, action-based gameplay. You're, you know, blasting through those mobs. And this one was especially satisfying because I think in Breath of the Wild, you never felt super, I mean, I guess I never felt super powerful. Like my stuff kept breaking. And, Speak for yourself. Oh, sorry. I, I just never felt like I could like really do that. And in Hyrule Warriors, you're just like all those moblins and, and bokoblins and you're just like blasting through them. So it was it was really fun um, and definitely uh, filled with um, lots of lots of action throughout the game. Bro, do you even know scope 360 Lionels? Bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the game really lived up to the um, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, you know, when you played that that 
first game, uh, you know, they talk a lot about what had happened 100 years ago, and you see the the remains of these massive battles, and you just imagine, you know, how intense it must have been back then. So to get to experience that now in Hyrule Wars Age of Calamity, I really felt like they they delivered on on what I pictured in my head. I um, gave the nod to Hades here, and there were just so many moments in that game where things got really heated, and there were enemies everywhere, and I was just going off of instinct and muscle memory and reflexes. And it was like a cloud of smoke. And then all of a sudden the room had been cleared and I don't really know how it's like I blacked out and it's like, Oh, you went into a trance, (laughs) a Hades trance. And I really remember the first time that I defeated Hades, um, who is the, the end boss of the game. Hopefully that's not a spoiler. The game's name is Hades. Um, and I was legitimately like my, I could feel my heart pounding. I was breathing so quick. I might've been shaking. It was just like such a big, intense moment. It's, it's not great when you're playing a game like that and you're nervous because your hands get sweaty and then you're like trying to you start grip to mess onto up. the, yeah, you start to mess up. Totally. Um, I definitely got that feeling when I was playing Hades as well. The other one I think a little shout out deserves to go out to is, um, Super Mario 35, which is really fun. And I know Chris, you've had some trauma with Tetris. <laughs> 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 We've talked about this before. Yeah, I love Tetris 99, and this was right up my alley. That same kind of, you know, last person standing uh, action was so great. Yeah, and this one I think was even more challenging. I'm I'm not, you know, a a very good um, platformer, so I think it was just a lot harder for me. But, um, yeah, when you get to those those last few players standing, and you're like, trying to hang on for dear life and there's enemies everywhere. It's, it's gets a little hairy, but, um, it's super fun to see that game come out this year to, to, uh, mark the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. Absolutely. And that would have been my pick only because, um, you know, all of these games, there's really intense action, but when you know, it's that you're playing against 34 other people, it, it just, you really want to win that much more. And especially if you, you get down to like the final handful of people, it gets, so intense and you're getting so many enemies dropped on you that uh, it's hard not to freak out. But if you can h- hang on and, and manage to uh, to win out in the end, it's so satisfying. That's the but, key um, to all these games. Don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> Deep breath. And also in life. Don't freak out. That should have been the name of the category. Don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on to the next category, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons Activity. So these are some of the favorite things that uh, that players love to do in this game. And the nominees were hang out with island residents, house decorating, island decorating, or multiplayer with friends and family. And the winner is... Island decorating. And it was pretty uh, decisive. Island decorating got almost half of all the votes. Wow. Um, with the the remaining votes being split pretty evenly between the other the other categories. That was my pick again. Wow, I'm so you are, in tune. Yeah, what's you going are on in here? Tune with voters. the fans. I'm I'm in it with them. That's what's going on. Um, I think island decorating was my choice because that was something that is just new to Animal Crossing New Horizons: the terraforming and the ability for you to not just not only customize your home but also your entire island was something that was just so new and and fresh for this game that I loved. And I'm always impressed by the people that are able to have the foresight to terraform these 
amazing islands. That's not me, um, but there's been some islands that I've seen that are just absolutely incredible and, and so creative because they've um, used, you know, all the different ways of of terraforming and crafting and um, and all those new sort of customization elements to make their islands just, you know, so imaginative and so so awesome. So kudos to those people. It's not me, but I still had fun doing it. Well, you, you've done some pretty cool things. I've been to your island quite a bit and you've got some good stuff. You know, th- this was my pick as well. And, you know, the things that I have done, I would say are humble at best, but the game really gives you all the tools to do it. And it's amazing just how many items that there are. I'm still, you know, every day picking up the message bottle to see if I can get some cool new um, DIY that I haven't seen before. So, you know, I have a, a Zen garden that's nice to hang out in. I've made this little area for all the holidays that was Halloween themed and, and it's going to be themed more for the holidays coming up. So it's really just up to your imagination, which is really cool. Yeah, I think for me, um, I was so impressed by what so many people did with their islands. Uh, And, you know, when I first started playing this game, I approached it like the previous Animal Crossing games where I focused more on house decorating because, you know, you couldn't, you know, decorate your your town or your island like you could in this game and those previous games. So um, it took me a while to warm up to island decorating and really appreciate everything you could do. Uh, and, but once I saw some of the other islands that people had done, that really uh, got me interested. And, and you know, but my pick would have been multiplayer with friends and family. And that's actually the way that I discovered how amazing your islands could look. Because a lot of, uh, I have a lot of uh, family members, I think like a lot of us do, who don't necessarily play as many games as we do. But island, or rather Animal Crossing is something that they are super into. So for my sisters and, uh, you know, nieces, nephews, and certainly my my kids, you know, we all um, had our own islands going around, checking everything out. And uh, and that was kind of like what you talked about before, Krista, just a fun way to spend time together, given everything that's been going on this year. So moving on to the next category, it is Spiffy Indie. These are all great, great indie titles that we've enjoyed. The nominees were A Short Hike, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Spiritfarer. Now, before... I reveal who won this category. I'm going to note that the first and second place uh, vote getters were only separated by two percentage points. Whoa. Whoa. And uh, I wonder if if either of you might have a guess as to which one of these games would have come out on top. I'm going to say it's Hades on top. That's my guess too. And then maybe a short hike or Ori for second place. I think, I think Ori could be the runner up. Well, the winner is... Hades, Aha. 39% of the vote, and at 37%, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So you guys were right on the money. Nice. You know, That's Ori awesome. um, and the Will of the Wisps is a game that I admit I have not played, but when we were going through all of these categories, it appeared again and again, and I really sort of did some research on it. I think it's going to be on my holiday break playlist. Yeah, I haven't played too much Ori, um, but I I do know that I have played a, a little bit of it. Um, but there's so many great things that people say about the game, um, and also the graphics are so amazing. Um, it's definitely something that I'm interested in in playing a little bit more as well. Definitely not surprised about Hades either. I think that that game has gotten so many players into this type of game, and has gotten a lot of um, a lot of you know people saying how much they love it. I, I, I love it as well. And uh, definitely great to see that take this category. Absolutely. And, you know, I think these four games really exemplify just the amazing indie content that continues to come to Nintendo Switch. 
and just so many different types of experiences. Um, and that's one of the most fun things I think I've had this year is just kind of dipping in and playing games like this because, you know, you tend to see a lot of creativity, a lot of different types of experiences. And, and um, I think every one of these are games that, that people should check out. Yeah, this is a really great list, and um, you know, a short a short hike I think was one of my favorite experiences with the game this year. And kind of as the name implies, it's a short you know traversal up a big mountain, and it took me you know maybe an hour and a half, two hours to finish. But it was just so packed with things to do that it felt like I got such a full experience out of that. And I really didn't know what this game was going into it. I thought it was more of a, you know, take in the story that slowly unfolds before you. But there's got a lot of action and a lot of mechanics. And it's just so compact and great. I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I actually picked that game for for this category for myself, A Short Hike. Um, and I totally agree. It was such a, a, a small little compact experience, but it was so, you know, sweet and heartfelt. And there's also this like progression that you you get in the game with your with your little character um, that I wasn't expecting, you know, that you would kind of have that for a, for a game that's so that's so short. And, um, you know, it was it was a really fun and unexpected experience. And I, I really enjoyed it. And it was just one of those games that kind of surprised me this year. Um, so, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out that game, I, I think you, you definitely should play it. And it's again, it's really short. So um, easy to easy to jump into. We haven't said anything about the fan pick, though. Hades. Maybe we should say something about that. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, super giant games. And, and we had the the great opportunity to speak to Greg Kasavin, who's the creative director. And he was on this very podcast a few months ago as well, I know. Um, but it just seems like super giant games is operating at such a high level at, at just every phase of game development. You know, the action is so tight and, and you know, like we said, so intense. The story is so multi-layered and fun and the writing just sucks you in and the art is amazing. All those characters, people were just so enthralled by it, by it all. So like all around, just a great package. Yeah, Hades is really one of those games where, you know, every time you you kind of complete a run and, and go get reset back to the start. And of course, you know, you, you, you hold on to some of the, the things you're able to pick up in that run uh, so that your next run is, is just a little bit more successful. And you can just keep doing that cycle over and over again, growing, getting stronger, getting a little farther each time. And then, like you said, the uh, the characters and the story are so interesting that it's another reason that you really are compelled to just keep exploring more of that world. So that would have been my pick as well. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about Hades is that it doesn't discourage you even if you fail. Um, you know, at, when you first start playing that game and you're sort of getting used to the mechanics, I, I don't think any of us really made it very far, maybe just the first few rooms or not even to the first boss. And then it's easy, I think, with games like that to just kind of give up because you're like, oh, it's too hard. I'm not going to keep going. But um, I think Hades does a great uh, job of sort of giving you just enough for you to um, want to keep going, whether it's, you know, a new item or you're you're unfolding a bit more of the story um, or you're learning something about, you know, the character so that you can uh, use that in your next run to, to go a little further. And the way they like incrementally give that to you um, makes you just keep coming back to it, um, which is really amazing because usually I'm, I'm not the one to like keep going with those kinds of games. I give up pretty easily, but I definitely was able to keep going with Hades all the way until I was able to beat Hades. And, and that's pretty rare. So um, I think that that's something about the game that's really special. Yeah, it's definitely one of the, the clearest standouts of the year. 
Moving on to our sixth category, great graphics. Uh, the nominees were Crisis Remastered, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Paper Mario the Origami King. And the winner just happened to be the game that I would have picked and a personal favorite of mine, so I was really happy to see the fans give it some love in this category. And that game is Paper Mario the Origami King. Yay, that's my pick too. Awesome. It got nearly half of, of the fan votes. Wow. It's such a, uh, they've really dialed in and nailed, uh, in my opinion, kind of that that paper aesthetic. And the way that they keep expanding on that and kind of doing the graphics for these games it just continues to impress me. And I think that that this one by far is the, the most impressive that they've done. And um, some of you may know that I'm a Vista connoisseur um, and really like those big sweeping um, <laughs> views that you can get. And this game had some. You really got a sense of how big the world was. And even very early in the game, you could kind of see far off into the distance with these big mountains and you could see all those places that you would be traversing, which was just a great way to, to give a sense of the big adventure. But what about the water? Oh, <laughs> oh guys, oh, don't the forget water. the water was unreal, um, but just kidding. But beyond beyond the, the beautiful water, I, I totally think that this game nails that like crafty sort of handmade quality um, that you get with paper. Even little things like you find like a crumpled item and then you like put it in some water and it becomes like a regular, you know, fire flower again, like those little details using the effects of what happens with, with paper and what happens with, you know, origami being folded and things like that was just so, so awesome and so creative. Um, and I really, really love that about the game. There was, um, a different game that I wanted to give a nod to, which is Crisis Remastered. And the the kind of legacy of this game is really interesting. I forget exactly when it came out. I think it was mid-2000s, and it was a PC game. And it was really known as the thing to, like, test test your rig. Is your rig bad enough to play this game? And, and everybody said, well, I guess I'll be playing Crisis in 2020 because that's how long it's going to take for me to get a PC that can play this thing. <laughs> and it was just mind-blowing at the time of, whoa, these graphics look so good. And yet here we are in 2020 and I and I played it in handheld mode on my Nintendo Switch and it looked phenomenal. It was just a mind-blowing kind of span of time of what happened of, oh, you needed the, the most beefy, gigantic PC to play this and now I'm playing it on this, you know, small handheld device. It was just really cool. Absolutely. And then Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I thought too, just had this beautiful fairy tale look to it. So Really, all four of these, uh, especially if you're playing in handheld mode, I still get a kick of seeing games that can that can look that great, you know, on a on a handheld system, or a system that can be played, uh, you know, portably. So, kudos to all of those titles; they're all beautiful, and people should definitely check them out. Moving on to category seven, super soundtrack. The nominees were Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Hades, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, and Paper Mario: The Origami King. I thought personally this was a really tough decision, and uh, and it was pretty close in the voting, uh, but the fans declare that the winner is Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Wow, mm, nice, good choice. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of new music that was written for Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, and and the soundtrack is really really phenomenal, and it does. You know, the story is really good in that game. The soundtrack really matches um, all of those big story, dramatic story beats um, to get you really to pull out your heartstrings a little bit. No spoilers, but 
you know, that game is, that game has uh, some moments that, that are a little, a little tough. So um, the soundtrack does a great job of sort of enhancing that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you've got a Legend of Zelda game, you know, you know, you can probably expect some great music. And uh, I think they not only delivered that with, uh, with Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, but also it's also the kind of music that really fits kind of these epic battles really well. I uh, had a really hard time when I was thinking what I would have gone with here. I ultimately went with um, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And that's a game that I've played, um, you know, hundreds of hours of at this point. And just the fact that the music changes hourly. Um, now it's December. There's those sort of holiday versions of those. And and I think of just how pleasant it is to come back no matter what time of day it is and, and just sort of have like a smile of, oh, it's six o'clock. So I get this music. And and honestly, I, I never got tired of those at all. So I just had to give the nod to that one just because it's been such a nice thing to come back to again and again. That was my pick as well, actually, because there's just so much um, quantity of music. And I, yeah, I love most the way that music. most, most music, <laughs> super soundtrack music. Um, but I, I love the way that, uh, the music changes on the hour and it sort of, um, is themed to the time of day. You know, I, I play Animal Crossing New Horizons every single day and I usually check in in the, you know, early mornings and also before bed. And it's just really nice when you, you like, you know, get onto your island and it's like morning time and the music is very relaxing and it's helping you like wake up and, or you go into your island and it's nighttime and it's very, you know, like soothing for you to kind of get ready for bed. Um, all those little elements really make that game just, um, one of those things that you just want to go back to every single day. And then not only that, but you have all the KK slider music too. Ooh. Um, so that's like a whole nother layer of music. In Animal Crossing New Horizons. KK Rockabilly, so, right? KK Chris, do you know what Rockabilly and, and is? We don't. <laughs> we tried <laughs> we to don't. figure it out. We got confused. I, I don't know that I can explain it. I can attempt to sing it, but Whoa. that's not going to happen. Oh, Podcast exclusive. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, when we all figure it out, That'll we will, be the spin-off. we'll let each other know. That'll be the spinoff. <laughs> Your Rockabilly uh, album of the year. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a whole other show. Um, you know, I think Animal Crossing, you know, that the music uh, isn't as in your face, but I think as you guys were kind of alluding to, it perfectly underscores the feeling and the tone of that game. Um, so I think it's very deserving to have been a nominee and, and it was tied for second in terms of the fan voting. Um, but also tied with it was uh, Paper Mario, The Origami King. And that might have been my pick because there are certain songs from that game that really got stuck in my head especially for anyone who's been to, I think it's called Sniffit City in the game. Um, there's this very kind of funky loop that plays out there in that, that, that uh, Las Vegas type area in the desert. And, um, and just, just because of, I mean, the overall, the music's great, but just because there were a handful of titles that really stuck with me, uh, that's one that I'm going to remember from this year for sure when it comes to the soundtrack. That area was great for, for music because part of the, I think part of the um, task that you had was collecting those CDs for the DJ. Oh, and yeah. Getting people yeah. out on the dance floor. And they had some really good tracks. Like they had like different genres of music, like pop music and rock music that you'd have to give to the DJ to get the, the dance floor going. And um, yeah, so that the music in that area especially was really good. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a great sound test mode where you go back to the museum, I think it was, and you can play That's right. you know, yeah. any song in the game. Uh, so, you know, I was jamming to some of that Sniffit City. <laughs> 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 All right. So moving on to number eight. This category is called So Relaxing, 
And the nominees were A Short Hike, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics, and I Am Dead. And the winner... Kind of unsurprisingly, was Animal Crossing New Horizons, which I think has to be the, the poster game for relaxation. Yes. So with five O's, Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons, very disturbing of every O <laughs> in the so. Um, that was my pick as well. Like I mentioned before, I play the game every single day um, and it's been, it's great. It's like my like routine now. It's almost like part of your, you know, unwind routine after a, a long day where you're like, okay, I'm ready to relax. I'm ready to go to bed or whatever and you um have have you know you have to go go to your island and just check on that a little bit and and sort of um, relax there and then you can get ready for bed so that's been something that i've done literally since the game came out in march so i don't know what i would do without animal crossing new horizon i don't think i can even get to sleep anymore without that game so (laughs) gonna be playing it forever yeah, it's interesting here about the different routines that people have with it and the different times that people play. I have sort of your routine, but in the morning I use it to, you know, wake up and get going. And um, some of the shops are not open then, so I need to come back <laughs> in the afternoon to see what they have. But uh, it seems like everybody's got their own groove with it. I will say that um, the, the second place vote getter, Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics, is another game that I've enjoyed relaxing to. Although depending on what I'm playing and who I'm playing with, it can either be relaxing or it can actually be uh, you know, intense. very intense. Very intense. <laughs> yeah, if we get really competitive. So I guess that can go either way. What's my, one of your relaxing games? Um, you know, I really like just doing the, uh, I forget what they call it in the game, but it's where you have to line up, um, you have to connect vertical or horizontal rows of checkers, basically, red and black checkers. Mm. I play that one with my son a lot. And uh, we, we can just get in a zone where we're just playing game after game after game and not even really keeping track of who's winning or losing. Um, I do like all the details that went into like the modeling of the pieces. And it's like, you're almost, Mm -hmm. you can almost like Like feel it it. in your hand and it's like, yeah, appreciate the texture of it. You can tell a lot of attention went into that. Yeah. It's for a game that has 51 games in it. I really feel like each one of them uh, got a lot of nice love and care and there's a lot of good detail in there. So even if you only ever play it for like your one favorite, I think uh, it's worth it. Hanafuda. The cards feel good when they like, when, when you it put them down good. on the table. It's like very like snappy. Yeah. Um, the other game I want to give a quick little shout out to is I Am Dead, um, which is one of those, I call these the bedtime games because it's easy to play in bed because it doesn't have a lot of like, you know, button presses or you're not trying to do like some complex gameplay maneuver. Um, mm-hmm. It's very much like almost like a, like an interactive novel or something like that where you're going through um the story is very sweet the the also the environment that you're in which is like this beach town is really really nice uh, there's like a lighthouse and um and you uh basically sort of go through this this story and there's some simple puzzles that you're doing and, and characters that you're meeting but it, it was really uh nice to to play that and and unwind with that game as well um so definitely if anyone's looking for a so with five o's relaxing game I think that's a a good one to check out as well. Absolutely. Moving on to category nine. This one's called What a Story. And the nominees are Hades, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And the winner is... Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Yep, yep. Not surprised. I haven't Not finished surprised. it yet. 
<laughs> I, I, spoil I it. haven't, I haven't Don't either. And I've been it. dodging spoilers left and right. So I really need to get on that. But, you know, just what I've experienced so far. And like I said, knowing how eager I, I imagine people like myself were to go back 100 years and really dig more into that story from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, that was that was a game I was looking forward to in large part because of the story. Yeah, I haven't finished either, but I think I'm furthest along between the three of us, I think, because I feel like I'm getting close to the end because a lot of stuff has happened. Um, but that story, yeah, exactly. It's um, it's actually really robust. You know, it, it definitely shows you what happened, all the lead up to the Great Calamity. And you're getting to know some of the characters that you you sort of get to meet in Breath of the Wild. Just so much more like the, um, you know, like all of the champions um, and even like uh, King Rome, you know, you kind of see him just a, a teensy bit in Breath of the Wild and, and you get to really understand sort of the different personalities of of these characters, what their backstory is, the motivation that they have to um, to stop the Great Calamity. So I've been playing the the Warriors games for a long, long, long time. And to me, it's it's really amazing and remarkable that this is the fan pick because those games are so action first traditionally. Um, but it's it's it really speaks to how you know integrated it is into the the breath of the wild uh, mythos here that it could stand out like that. Yeah, and and I've heard um, some of the spoilers I've been dodging and, and that have grazed me a little bit. I've gotten the sense that there are some some twists and turns so that there's still um, some surprises in store uh, as you get closer to the end of the game. So Krista, maybe uh, maybe after we've we've finally reached the end, you know, we can all talk about, uh, you know, how we feel about what actually happens. I'm yes, actually really excited should. to find out. I was going to say the other um, game in, in this category that I, I think deserves a, a shout out is Hades uh, for story. I think, you know, again, we, we talked to Greg and he d- did a lot of the writing um, in Hades and, and did a lot of the narrative. Um, and it's just such a, a great and cool way to have a story unfold in a game where you're getting like bits and pieces of it from different people that you're talking to and different characters that you're meeting. And then, of course, every time you beat the game, a new piece of the story unfolds. So even after you beat the game and you've beaten Hades, you're still motivated to go back and beat Hades again and again, just just to see you know, more of that story unfolds. So I thought that was super clever, the way that that story was handled in that game and um, and how, you know, it really was a way to motivate um, the player to to keep going even after you're, you know, you may have um, beaten Hades already. Yeah, that really surprised me. I, I thought that, you know, once you finish it once, it'll, you'll, you'll want to play it again just for your own personal satisfaction or to try out the different weapons. But the way that they built in a narrative hook to keep you beating it and unlock more and more of the story was just so um, smart. And it it's really also interesting to, to see the ways that the game delivers story. It's it, it doesn't happen for everybody all at the same pace. And there's some characters that you can talk to that are optional. And there's just so much there. It, it just seems like, you know, no matter what you're doing, you're always finding out something new. Yeah, and I really love the characterization of all these, uh, you know, classic mythological gods who you're very familiar with, but these are versions you haven't really seen before. And they can be really funny and even not just the writing, but the designs can be just really interesting, really cool. And I think that really helps the story is that all the characters that are involved are really interesting uh, in one way or the other. And I was always looking forward to just meeting that next kind of classic mythological character and seeing what this game's take on it is. I always found that really interesting. 
But I also want to give a shout out to Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Obviously, you know, this is a game uh, that, you know, it's the original version that appeared on other platforms. But uh, I think that story really holds up and there's a lot to it. It's a really epic quest and, and I've enjoyed going back through it again on Nintendo Switch. Moving on to category number 10, cool character. The choices were Bobby the bob Mario, Tom Nook, and Zagreus. And the winner... Was Mario. Of course it's Mario. Very it's appropriate. his year. It's his year. You have to give it to Mario. Yeah, it is his 35th anniversary year for Super Mario Brothers. It kind of had to be Mario. But would you be shocked if I told you that Mario beat... Bobby the bob by one percentage point. Wow. Wow. Bobby the bob really came out of nowhere, I think. And people connected with Bobby the bob in an incredible way. I definitely was not expecting that to happen in Paper Mario. It, yeah, it, it's crazy how you could love a bob so much. Who knew? <laughs> I know. I love how, uh, you know, and you often see this in the Paper Mario series, but, uh, you know, how in Paper Mario, the Origami King, when Bobby Bob-omb and some other characters show up, they just look like regular fodder enemies for Mario. He looks like just a standard, <laughs> you know, Bob-omb. And in fact, his name isn't even really Bobby. It's just what, uh, you know, Olivia, uh, Olivia calls him. Yeah, calls him. like made it up. And, uh, but the story twists that they include him in and um, and just his overall kind of dialogue and, and everything and, and, and where his story goes is just so surprisingly touching and uh, and at, at times fun and funny too, that I think uh, anyone who's played that game, um, you know, is going to really fondly remember that guy. Several people told me that they cried when the what? thing happened to Wait, Bobby. What? Don't say it. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying they cried. Here's all I'm going to say: Bobby is a bombomb. What do bombombs do? You're so heartless and cold. I'm going <laughs> to say a word so, about uh, Tom Nook. I, I enjoyed, I deeply enjoyed all of the think pieces that came out this year about Tom Nook <laughs> and, you know, what is Tom Nook's greater role in the world? And, you know, there's that chart of like, oh, you know, chaotic, evil, neutral, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> Tom Nook is good. I think, I think this was the year where everybody came to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah. I think Tom Nook, the Tom Nook campaign was successful this year because, it's easy to dismiss him, you know, sometimes. But this year, I think people really understood that his intentions are pure. He wants you to have a beautiful island life. He wants to give that to you. It's very kind. So, yeah, I, I hope that people have a better impression of Mr. Nook. Tirelessly <laughs> working for your Tirelessly. island. And 24 I always love hours it. a day. I always love it when I go in there and he and Isabel are doing, like, calisthenics. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do that now with them. Yeah. You have the reaction, <laughs> the fitness reaction. Yeah. And and for Zagreus, we talked about how in Hades, all the characters are written really well. And that extends to Zagreus as well, who also has great voice acting and, and was just a great, fresh, new kind of star that appeared this year. Um, but going back to the to the fan winner, Mario, I want to give him a little extra love. You know, it, it's, it's an opportunity this year, I think, to look back on. Obviously, uh, Mario got his start in Donkey Kong, which came out. Uh, even even longer ago, back in 1981 in the arcades. But when you look at 35 years of, of Super Mario Brothers, which was the game that really put Mario on the map for a lot of people, I'm just personally impressed that he's managed to to kind of, you know, keep keep on doing his thing for this long. And, you know, with games that are I'm still really, really enjoying. 
even some that came out this year, like Super Mario Bros. 35. So, you know, tip of the cap to Mario. Uh, I'm always looking forward to the next Mario game. And, uh, you know, I love I love Mario and Mario games as much today as I did, you know, back when Super Mario Brothers first came out. Moving on to the next category, Category 11, Tough Challenge. All of these, these games provided uh, a nice little challenge for, for gamers to test their skills with this year. And the nominees were Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Streets of Rage 4, and Super Mario Brothers 35. And the winner with nearly half the votes... Was Super Mario Brothers thirty five, mm. and I I'm think kind of that um, yeah, I think that speaks to just the nature of the game. Not only is it is it challenging on its own, you know, uh, just the gameplay challenging, but you know when you're playing against thirty four other players, um, you know, chances are you know a good number of those players are going to be at least as skilled as you, probably better, and probably a little bit of luck has to to come into play, and uh, and I think probably the toughest accomplishment you can have on this list is uh is you know consistently or, or at least somewhat regularly you know getting number one in a in a, in a match on super marvel the 35 chris, when chris you you're play... a very good player oh you're gonna ask chris the same question i am have you Ooh, gotten what? first that's not my question oh no well he's gonna answer my question <laughs> this one first, first. yes yeah, uh-huh. your first yours first you know uh i think i've gotten first once and oh. i've played quite a number of times i can consistently get to the top 10 top five but uh, it is really hard to bring it all the way home at the end when they're dumping, a, you know, <laughs> truckloads of Goombas on your head yeah. and, uh, and everybody else is, is uh, just as good or better than you are. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun challenge, though. I enjoy the cycle of trying to do it. And then when I get close, it's really exciting. All right. This is like 20 Super Mario 35 questions with Chris. Um, <laughs> when you play, do you f- ever have a feeling like, now I'm going to show these kids what's up? Because you've been playing this game for 35 years. You've got all that experience just <laughs> built in. And if, if you're younger, you don't have that. Way to age Chris with your question. <laughs> We've all been playing it. <laughs> okay. No, that's that's the cool thing about this game, though, is it puts such a twist on it that you're not playing Super Mario Brothers the way that you would have you know, before. So uh, not that even that I'm the best at it or some great speedrunner at it or anything, but now you really have to think about not just getting through the level, but about uh, which enemies you're going to actually go after versus run past, uh, which you know items you're going to grab. Even if you don't need that fire flower, you already have a fire flower, you're going to go out of your way to get that fire flower because it puts extra seconds back on the clock. And um, so there's a lot of extra strategy that comes into play just in this kind of hybrid mishmash of trying to speed run while still taking the time to to grab certain items and, and defeat certain enemies. So there's a good amount of strategy that honestly I probably don't think about nearly enough when I'm playing this game. I usually just kind of just kind of uh, um, play it by ear. And uh, but it is uh, it's just a fun cycle. And and you know usually when I'm done and at the end. I'll make the occasional goof, but it's usually not because I fell in a pit or got killed by an enemy. It's usually because I just run out of time and weren't able, wasn't able oh, to keep like grabbing enough brag. time, time boosts. <laughs> but no, that's the kind of the point of the game. So, <laughs> I'm <just kidding> you <laughs> know, if I'm not, if I'm not great at that, it's, you know, it's a problem. Oh my goodness. I've never gotten first. I think the best I've done is third, which is not very, not oh, that's really great, good though. But it's, but it was kind of a fluke, I think. So I think I was just lucky, but that game is extremely challenging, and you're totally right. It's different than like playing a traditional Super Mario Brothers game because there's so many other things to consider, and the unpredictability of 34 other human beings is is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think with this game and with Tetris 99, you know, your goal really should just be 
to, you know, make it to the top 50%. You know, I think if you've done that, you're better than half the players you played against, at least in that match. And that's, the bar that's a something bit to feel good about. <laughs> well, get a, you know, once get a you, B grade, you know. <laughs> once you Just consistently kidding. get to that top 50, then you start going, okay, now I want to keep making top 25 and, you know. Okay, Coach Chris, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Hades and it is definitely a fun challenge. Uh, you know, I wanted to say too, Streets of Rage 4 was a game that I'd really been looking forward to because I'm a big fan of the original series. Um, and um, and I found this one to be really challenging, but of course in that old school fun way. And uh, and I love all the different um, kind of enhancements they made to this game. The, the, the hand-drawn graphics are amazing. And it's the kind of game where you're constantly unlocking new characters and things too. So, you know, you really want to overcome these challenges and, and beat the game, you know, multiple times just to kind of get everything out of it that you can. So I think it, this game does a good job of striking that balance between really giving you at times a tough challenge, but it's always very rewarding. Moving on to the next to last category, category number 12. We talked about a lot about Mario just now, and this category is all about Mario. It's called 35 Years of Super Mario. Of course, these are all um, games or products that launched this year, kind of coinciding with the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. And uh, the nominees were Game & Watch, Super Mario Brothers, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and Super Mario Brothers 35. And the winner... ...was Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Nice. Overwhelmingly Yay. so, 70% yes. of the vote. Yeah, definitely not surprising. That was also my pick. It's just so great to have all of these like very um, iconic 3D Mario games in one place. And you get all of the soundtracks as well, which I still listen to sometimes. But yeah, I, I think um, this is just the most amazing way to uh, mark the anniversary to see really how far Mario has come, you know, from, from where he started. And, and uh, I'm always surprised at like, how many jobs Mario has had throughout the years and all the places that he's been, like what a life he's led, you know? So it was great to see that um, represented in Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah, you and I were playing Super Mario 64 at about the same time, and it was fun to sort of mark our progress of, oh, I got this star, or I'm stuck on this one, and oh, did you know about this secret or that secret? That game just holds up so well. <laughs> and for, for me, it was really neat to see Super Mario Sunshine in you know proper HD with widescreen, and that world really came alive. It was just so vibrant and colorful. Yeah, I, I love every game in Super Mario 3D All-Stars, but the one that I immediately played all the way through uh, was Super Mario 64 because uh, I still remember playing that game for the first time and it was such a, a magical game to me back then that this huge jump from you know 2D sprite-based graphics to polygonal 3D worlds. And, uh, and I really kind of re-experienced all that again because I hadn't played it in years and years. Um, and Chris, I think you're right. It was a great opportunity to kind of chart the progress. You know, I also played a lot of um, the original NES and Super NES Super Mario games uh, on um, Nintendo Switch Online uh, this year, too. And it was great just to see, you know, how far he's come and how, how much all those old games still hold up, uh, at least for me. And, um, you know, I will say that I thought every nominee on this list was there was something about it that for me was a really great way to uh, enjoy this anniversary of Super Mario Brothers um, 
in a different way. I've got the Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers system sitting here on my desk. I just like looking at this thing and holding it, and it really takes me back <laughs> to the old Game & Watch systems when you I was a kid. You were the master unboxer that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for that system, so... Of course, yeah. you have it on your desk. <laughs> that was fun doing that little unboxing video. It, it took me back for sure. And um, and we've talked a lot about Super Mario Brothers 35 and then Mario Kart Live Home Circuit was such a cool idea. So, yeah, good job, Mario, giving me a lot of fun stuff to do on your birthday. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, the final category, the player's Ooh, game the of the one. year. The big one. We had an uh, extra big list of nominees for this one. Great list. I'll go through them now. We had a short hike. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Hades, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, Paper Mario the Origami King, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Okay, any guesses as to what the fans voted for in this final category? Oh, man. Animal Crossing has to be up there, right? I'll give you my unordered top three that I think will be in the top three. Oh. It's good. Mm. I think Animal Crossing New Horizons, mm-hmm. like Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, mm-hmm. and ugh. <laughs> Hades. Okay, well, let's find out. The I don't winner. Know. The oh, no. winner for the player's game of the year. <gasps> is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Ah! Wow. Yes. I mean, of course. I, I everyone mean, must have played this game every single day since March 20th. So <laughs> if you Let's ask have. me, yeah, if you ask me across the board, this is the game that I'll remember most from this year. And it was kind of the perfect game for this year. And it was a great way to just kind of relax, you know, kind of enjoy games every day, um, even to the extent that I could see friends and family that I couldn't, you know, see as much as I wanted to in my, my regular daily life. It really um, ticked all the boxes and was was the perfect game, I thought. Yeah. I think it's more than just a game at this point, you know. It's it's so much like a part of your daily routine now that it just feels odd to have a, ha- have a day where you're not checking in on your island in Animal Crossing New Horizons. It, it's the way that that game has just been like intertwined with my life and I'm sure many, many, many people's lives this year is something that's pretty incredible. I don't think maybe any other games has really done that for a long time. So um, that's a that's a super unique quality of Animal Crossing New Horizons. And uh, I, I hope that everyone is going to be playing for many more, many more years. I will admit that coming into this game, you know, in the ramp up to it, the months before it came out, I was actually nervous of like, am I going to enjoy this? Because it's been so long since we'd had a, a proper Animal Crossing game. And, you know, in those years now I have, you know, more responsibilities in my life. And is this idea of sort of living this virtual life on this island, like, is that still going to be really fun? And obviously this game proved me to be very wrong because I played it every day for almost nine months now. And, you know, just kind of the layering and the the ongoing things that you can do. I've, I've, it's been so neat to see all of the different um, events that have been happening, whether it's Halloween or Turkey Day or, or Toy Day coming up. There really is always something new to do and enjoy and some new angle of the game to, to try out. I also think this game was a perfect fit for Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, I've enjoyed past games in the series on consoles and, you know, uh, I've really enjoyed them on handheld systems as well. I mean, the ability to 
really sit down and take some time to play the game on my TV or just pick up the Nintendo Switch and pop in for, for quick little tasks that I want to complete in handheld mode um, really helps it kind of fit into my daily life in, in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I think uh, it's it's kind of the, the culmination of the series so far and also, you know, kind of in, in a way kind of realizing its full potential finally because of Nintendo Switch, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that was kind of the obvious the obvious one in this category, but that's not to say that these other nominees weren't all, you know, amazing. It, my personal favorite uh, might be, and I think I'm saying being able to say this only because Animal Crossing New Horizons won the fan vote, but uh, you know, the other one for me would be Paper Mario: The Origami King, just because I love this series. It's always so charming and funny, and constantly impressing me with the visuals, and it had my favorite character in Bobby the Bob Hom. <laughs> <laughs> For me, um, my actual game of the year pick was Hades. You know, again, Animal Crossing, I don't even see it as a game anymore. It's just a part of my life. So (laughs) we'll just call it that. It's winning a different category as as being part of my life forever. Um, But Hades was a game that really surprised me. You know, I am not really a fan of these types of um, roguelike games. And, you know, like we were talking about before, I'm also like, I don't, I can't stick with games that are that challenging for very long. Um, but just everything about uh, Hades just really surprised me. Um, I, I didn't expect to be so, you know, sucked into the story to, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't really expect to come to really love the, all the characters in the game. I definitely didn't think I was going to beat the game like ever. Cause when I first started playing, I was like, oh my gosh, this game is so hard. There's no way. I'm ever going to get to the end. And I ended up beating Hades to the point where the credits rolled. Um, so I was really proud of myself because uh, I really stuck with it. And, and the game, again, does such a great job of rewarding you little by little and, and sort of almost teaching you um, run by run to um, get better and, and get to the end. And um, yeah, I just, I really, I really loved it. I thought it was just um, such a creative um, and unique game and, and had to give it my game of the year vote this year. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a deserving pick. And, you know, we've talked a lot about um, all the other games on this list except Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which I also want to give a shout out to because I've really been enjoying that game. I enjoyed the original version on Wii U, and I think everything that they've added to this version has just made it better and better. And and to me, this is the, the pinnacle of the Pikmin series. And um, I think if anyone ever wanted to check out the Pikmin series or have ever been, you know, at all curious but haven't actually played one of the games, this is definitely a great one to start with. And there's even a, a free demo on Nintendo eShop. So, you know, do yourself a favor and give it a shot. Another game with great water. <laughs> yeah, very good water. <laughs> all right. Now, those are all the categories. But before we go, I wanted to ask each of you if you had maybe a favorite in-game moment of, of 2020. You know, something that just really stood out to you in one of these games or any game uh, that, um, you know, you'll remember as we go into next year. Krista, you want to start with you? Sure. So we were talking about uh, playing Super Mario 64, and I think you guys probably already know my deep, dark, shameful secret, but I um, never had a Nintendo 64, so actually never played um, Super Mario 64 from beginning to end when the game first came out on Nintendo 64. So I was very determined when Super Mario 3D All-Stars came out that I was going to play this game finally, like many, many, many years later, um, from beginning to end, and I was going to beat this game. Um, 
what I didn't realize was how hard <laughs> Super Mario 64 actually was because I had a really tough time just getting through it. I loved it. I think um, it was such a cool experience to actually play it this way from beginning to end for the first time. It was fresh for me. So I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones, I think, to get to experience it this way um, now, you know, on Nintendo Switch. But I, I did, I definitely struggled. Um, and uh, that moment when I finally beat Bowser, I have been trying to beat Bowser, I think for like four or five days at this point, um, I had figured out a way where there was like a secret one-up mushroom that was right where you get kicked out of the of that boss level when or that Bowser level when you um when he when he like defeats you. And so I would just unlimited I had like unlimited tries to keep trying and trying to beat him. So like four days had gone by. I'm like, I'm never gonna do this. It's just not gonna happen. I was about to give up. Um and then I finally, finally beat him um and finished the game for the first time. So really proud of myself. It was really cool. I see what you guys are talking about. I know it's been a really long time, but it's better late than never. So that has to be my uh, 2020 game moment of the year. When you finally beat Bowser in Super Mario 64 after shamefully having never done it back in the <laughs> oh. day, did did you feel like you had like somehow corrected the timeline? Like you, <laughs> you know, like so. you'd gone back to the best possible version of your 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 reality. I think so. I think something clicked after that happened and all of the, maybe all of the bad things have been erased. And now I'm like (laughs) on the right path again. Like the universe is right once more. So I screenshotted it just so I have that forever. I'm very excited. I was like, should I frame this? This is like a big deal. (laughs) But yes, I feel good about my life now overall. Awesome. Well done. Kit, what about you? Uh, mine was having my birthday in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh. So my birthday is in late March, which is, um, and I think everybody will remember that March was when we started to have to stay home and the realization set in of like, oh, a lot of these things that you would be doing, you're not going to be able to do. And I think at this point, a lot of our listeners have probably had to do a birthday from home in a different kind of way. But for me, it was just a real bummer. And I'm not even a big birthday person in the first place, but it was just like, oh, this kind of stinks. It's my birthday and you can't really do anything. And then I uh, opened up um, the game for the day and I, you know, went into my, uh, I got pulled into somebody's house and they had this whole sort of surprise party set up for me. And it was just really touching to be like, oh, there's different ways that you can do this. And this game is, you know, kind of giving, giving me something that I can't have right now in real life. And it was just very sweet. That sounds amazing. For me, it was, uh, and we, we hinted at this before, but we don't want to spoil the exact details. It was what ultimately kind of the resolution of, of Bobby the bob uh, story Bobby. arc. <laughs> yeah, the back resolution to Bobby. of Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Rockabilly album. <laughs> it's going to be a his, chapter yeah, in my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> But where his uh, where his story ends up in Paper Mario: The Origami King, um, you know, like a lot of the side characters, you know, you, you you they're part of your journey. You um you go along with them, and uh, you even help them kind of uh, you know achieve certain goals to get them to to where they they ultimately end up in the game. And um, I felt like the resolution of of Bobby's story was so unexpectedly heartfelt. Um, in a game that's mostly known for for its comedy, that it really took me off guard and and really resonated and uh, and it was just so well done and I I was a little surprised that it was even in the game to be honest, uh, 
but you know looking back on it now it 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 you know it was perfect in the game and the game does have a lot of different tones even though it is primarily just a lot of fun and very funny and um so you know again i don't want to spoil what happens but i think anyone who's played the game and, and reached that point will know what i'm talking about uh, and if if you haven't you know maybe consider um giving the game a look or at least maybe asking a friend who, who might have played the game what this is all about, what Bobby's all about, because, uh, you know, Bobby's my hero of 2020. Oh, we need more Bobby's. So wholesome in so many ways. <laughs> well, that's it. Thanks so much, Kit and Krista, once again for coming on the show and helping uh, helping us uh, remember all the great games that came out this year. We did it. Yay, we did it. This has been such a fun tradition for us, and I hope that we can do it for many years to come. But it was al- it's always been very fun um, to talk about and, and just remember and look back on all the great games that came out this year. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. to everybody who voted. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody that voted. And now we'll all together just look forward to uh, all the great games coming our way next year. Yeah. And we'll see you then. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. That's it for the third year of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave a review, and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, have a great holiday season, and keep playing with power. Power.